Engaging Leader, episode 192, How to Discover Your Company's Employee Value Proposition, featuring Dr. Matt O'Connor. Brought to you by the team at Workforce Communication. Find out more at workforcecommunication.com. Leadership inspire trust, passion, and action? Welcome to the Engaging Leader Podcast with Jesse Leahy, consultant, writer, and speaker. Jesse has helped executives engage hundreds of thousands of people. Join us now for principles to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Welcome to the show, Engagers. What makes your company different from your competitors in the talent marketplace? Can you articulate the reasons? in a message that is unique, authentic, and compelling. We're talking, of course, about an employee value proposition, or EVP. And a strong EVP is key to recruiting, retaining, and fully engaging top talent. Your EVP is a clear message about why people choose to join your organization, why they continue working there, why they give their best effort, and why they speak well of the company to others. The most effective EVPs begin with a discovery process. So before you use the information, before you try to craft messaging, branding, and other implications, you need to find out what makes your company stand out as a great place to work for the type of people that you want on your team. To help us answer that question, we're joined today by talent research expert Matt O'Connor. Dr. Matt O'Connor is the leader of Talent Research, Assessment, and Insights at Owens Corning, which is a Fortune 500 manufacturer with about 20,000 employees in 33 countries. Matt is also a partner at Inference LLC, which is a team of experts in data analysis and survey design. He's led research projects at several large companies to gain insight into HR issues, leadership development, and customer experience. Matt holds a Ph.D. in research methodology, an MBA in HR management, a master's in organizational psychology, and a Lean Six Sigma black belt certification. Matt is one of my oldest friends going all the way back to high school, and he's a fellow alum at the greatest school in the world, or at least the greatest school in Cincinnati, Ohio, and that, of course, is Xavier University. I apologize up front that the sound quality of this interview is not nearly as good as usual. I interviewed Matt in a fun, common area at his company's world headquarters, and there was a lot of background noise. Now, our sound engineer filtered out the background noise, but the result makes our own voices sound a bit muffled. But it was a very fun conversation with lots of great information, and I think you'll find it's well worth listening. As we jump into this interview with Matt, I've just asked him, where do we start this EVP discovery process? First, let's sit down and say, in the end, what do you want to be able to tell someone? You know, what do you want to be able to stand up and tell the executive committee? And, you know, and so that helps to frame, okay, these are the types of questions you're probably going to want to get at. So after I understand the, you know, a deeper problem statement or more well-defined problem statement, because mm-hmm. uh, they won't come with a problem statement. It'll just be... Uh, we want to understand our employee value proposition, or we want to understand employee engagement, or we want to understand blah. And, okay, what's the problem we're trying to address? And, you know, as they articulate that, it might take a couple short meetings till people are able to fully articulate that. And it's leading a discussion 
to get them to that point because just going and writing items which feels so action-oriented yeah let's get something done yeah let's get it done (laughs) let's let's jump in there you know we're just writing a survey or we're just writing this and i want to jump into who's going to answer it (laughs) how are we going to give it to them and we haven't even decided what you want to know (laughs) and so then you know often the next step is uh uh, yeah i'm a researcher Mm -hmm. at heart so I'll say, give me a little time, too, to go to the literature. You know, go find a few things. You know, someone else has asked this question in the past. Right. We don't need to start from scratch every single time. So, you know, go think about what, what the thinkers have thought about mm-hmm. and bring some of that forward and say, hey, here's some ways to do that. Let me give you an example with employee value proposition. You think when you think about that, what are some things that come to your mind when you think about? Well, why do people want to work here? What do they get out of it? Why would they work here versus versus someone else? What's different about us? Yeah, yeah, what's different? And so, yeah, you start to, you know, understand that's the proposition that we want to start to measure more closely. And so it just feels like, oh, let's just throw everything on a survey. Well, let's start to think about how that would be structured and how people really, when you and I are making a decision of where are we going to work or how are we going to stay here, we think of it in a couple discrete buckets. Hmm. And one of the first ones is our, the contractual part of working there, the compensation and benefits areas. You know, Do I get a 401k? Do I get a bonus? Do I get medical coverage? Do I get, you know, um, vision coverage, dental cut, you know, all those, and even beyond just the traditional ones, mm-hmm. what are some other things? Because it's sometimes hard to leave a job simply for those, you know, or the value of the company is simply because I don't have access to those somewhere else. Yes. But, Which is really the... You don't want people working there for those reasons because yeah. they're, they're, they're handcuffed, but they're not engaged. Exactly. Yeah, I may have the greatest benefits package. I may have the greatest, you know, and people may view it that way and they value it. That's great. All I've really got you here for now is, yeah, you're not emotionally committed. Mm-hmm. You, you do feel you're a little in prison. Mm. I can't go anywhere else. You know, my hand <laughs> behind bars. <laughs> There's that um, experiential part of work. That's things like, do I have a boss that listens to me? What's my work environment like? Am I able to work from home if needed? Do I have flexible work schedule, privacy when needed? You know, do I just think of the work environment and the people you work with, the coworkers? So you know, you start to think about the experiences you have at work and I don't know, I'm, I'm sure you've seen Gallup research what do most people leave their job For, because they're manager yeah because yeah. I mean, the contractual part may be perfectly fine it's going to keep you for a while but eventually the manager and I I've always often I won't say argued with the Gallup research but said you know the manager helps create the environment so really you know, it's all about those environmental experiential things. They just tend to have the most influence over mm-hmm. that. So if we were talking about value proposition, I want to be able to say contractually, experientially, but then at the top of that, 
what does Owens Corning stand for? What's our purpose? What's the emotional side? Like, uh, great example, today we receive an announcement, number one on the list of 100 best corporate uh, citizens. Number one? Number one in the country. We didn't even apply for this, from my understanding. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And you think about that as an employee. Huh. That's you know, big. Yeah, that's huge. Like, wow, you know, there's a lot of really big companies around. How are we number one? You know, that just shows that you know, it's a something we've taken very seriously, corporate citizenship, giving back to the community. Promoting volunteerism, our sustainability. We hear about sustainability and safety before every town hall meeting. It's our number one thing we hear about first. So what is the company value? So now I can bucket things, we can ask questions, we can design research, and we can answer some interesting questions at the end. If I just threw a bunch of, hey everyone, let's throw them all up on a board, yeah. We have poorly designed, and then at the end, we ask people to take a survey. I can't pull any meaningful information from it, and we wasted a whole bunch of time, resource, and have no insights following it. So give me an example of a, a good problem statement. I always start problem statement, how might we? How might discover what is truly at the heart of our employees. Because how might we design a survey that assesses employee value? Even if it wouldn't even been a how, when I say how might we, it might not have been a survey. The problem statement doesn't imply the, the solution. The problem statement just implies the, you know, the, the exploration gets the ideas out. So I often lead people through, you know, how might we exercise and how might we and what are we trying to do, you know, to understand, to lead, to create. Uh, and it's a technique we teach very, I, I would say, we're, we're very close to our human-centered design. We partnered mm -hmm. with Luma out of Pittsburgh. And we teach uh, about eight times a year human-centered design, a two-day course. And one of the key things is designing a good problem statement and addressing the right problem uh, yeah. and really drilling that in. And so making that the first thing employees should do is take a moment, take a step back and go, are we addressing the right problem? Is this what we really want to know? And how might we is just a great way to get you thinking those three words. So before crafting an employee value proposition, before creating an employer brand, get to the heart of how, how might we discover what really is in the heart of employees, what connects them to Owens Corning? Is it some of who's the ideal candidate who we want to attract? Um, I don't think it's necessarily always the, who we might want to attract or something might be part of the outcome. Okay. Yeah, you know, we're trying to find certain talents. Uh, and so now we can, you know, use what we know from individuals to, you know, make changes to, you know, things we promote in the market. 
but I think it's to also know, are we putting our resources into the right things that people are valuing? Because uh, at the end of the day, you know, say the benefits team, they have decisions to make. Do we put more resources into this? Or do we put more resources into this program process, whatever? And whichever one they decide on, what if it's not a valued um, benefit or valued program in the eyes of our employees? And it might be certain groups value it more than others. So with a, a well-designed research project, you know, the other thing we'll do is we'll start to look at which groups so we can carve things apart. You know, it, it feels like this is the early career group values, you know, this, you know, whatever that may be, more than the later career group. So if we're targeting them and we need to be, then we probably want to put a good amount of resource into that. Yes, and then like different other segments, hourly versus salary, yes. North America versus Europe versus Southeast Asia. Yeah, you can start to understand where those those values you know come forward. The how you do that, you know, that's where I come in is you know spending time with that data. It's not just simply sixty seven percent of our you know American North Americans say this, and twenty eight percent of Latin America say this. It's really diving into you know applying good measurement principles. Mm-hmm. And that's why you're seeing, you know, I again work through HR, you're seeing more and more companies bring in people who are more analytical and data, you know, driven to help apply those things, you know, to get deeper into information. I'm not an HR professional. I'm not an HR generalist. I've never been. Uh, I'm a measurement statistics you know, type person, but you're seeing that come through, and you've already seen it go with marketing, has done that for years. Operations and other things have done that for years to gain insight, you know, and you're seeing that now uh, in HR, you know, where we need to um, apply these types of things more holistically. So you've been asked to lead this research project to identify the employee value proposition and help create an employer brand, what's what's the next step? I didn't even talk about the fact of always involving the stakeholders throughout you know, our HR leadership team and other things, you know, bringing them along, having regular um, opportunities to interact with them and saying, here's what we're planning on doing, so they're aligned with this is, you know, this is important. Um, uh, and if they have any input into, hey, what about this? For example, in a recent meeting with them, uh, we have a, a, a strong commitment to inclusion and diversity right now. We're, we've designed a lot of recent trainings. We're doing a lot of things with leadership, you know, a day of understanding, just a lot of programs and things to help increase the awareness and it's not just the awareness, it's really making it an ingrained behavior mm-hmm. in our leadership and everyone. So it was decided we hadn't really put that in as strongly as it probably should be. It was just one item. Right. So 
Okay, that's great feedback, because if we want to know that, we should probably ask a little deeper about those. Yeah, so part, and part of part of the process is we want an, uh, an employer brand that is true to who we are, who's authentic to who we are, yeah. but then there's also an aspirational element. But, you know, we're, we're number one in corporate citizenship, but we're not really where we want to be on diversity and inclusion. Yeah. So let's let's not keep doing the same thing we've always been doing. We need to stretch growth. Yeah, because yeah, if, if employees, you know, say, I truly value that, you know, that's a, because the question, I'll just get, you know, how much do you value this as, you know, when you're looking for a company or, you know, how important is this to you as an employee at Owens Corning? And then to what extent is the company, you know, meeting, exceeding this, you know, this expectation or doing that. Yeah, there's, so there's always a question, how much do you value this? And then how much is the company, to what extent is the company providing this? Okay. And so it might be that I have, uh, it might be somebody who minimally values it, but I know the company does a lot with it, and that's great. It's just not my, you know, it, it doesn't make me any more or less committed to the organization. I'm glad they do it. It just doesn't. That's fine, you know. It doesn't mean we're going to change what we do every time. Yeah. Uh, and so that's the other thing as you're designing this is always think about what are those headlines that we're going to put back out, not just what programs might it influence. Because with any research project, the last thing you want to do is uh, hold on to all the data and never let anyone know because they won't fill out your next survey. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you didn't do anything with the last time, Jesse. (laughs) It took me 25 minutes to fill out that stupid survey. What was the point? (laughs) Or or go to your focus group or do this and you never use my results uh, or or I never know how you use them. It might be that they're used but it's being more transparent. All right, Engagers, I'm going to pause there and save the rest of this conversation for our next episode. So it'll be uh, part two of the two-part interview. This time we talked about how to frame the discovery process. And when we return, we'll take a more detailed look at effective research techniques for identifying a compelling EVP. We've been talking with Matt O'Connor. He's the leader of talent research, assessment, and insights at Owens Corning. And he's also a partner at Inference LLC, which is a team of experts in data analysis and survey design. You can find out more about Matt and his company and how they can help you out at inferencellc.com. And we'll also provide Matt's contact information in our show notes for this episode, which you can find at engagingleader.com forward slash 192 as in episode 192. This is a production of Workforce Communication. We are a team of consultants and creatives using the power of communication to help organizations enhance the well-being and performance of their people. My colleagues and I partner with mid-sides and large employers to attract top talent, fully engage employees, and achieve superior business results. In several areas, including employer branding, talent management, wellness, benefits and compensation, business transformation, and more. Find us at workforcecommunication.com. Our thanks to Cecily Leahy, our producer, James Marler, our sound engineer, Rick Tarrant, our announcer, and Max Brody, who composed our theme music. 
Until next time, remember, in the 21st century, the real movers and shakers aren't just leaders, they're engagers. Thank you.